0: Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals. This podcast complements APEX, the Assistant Principal Acceleration Program, but you certainly don't need to be an APEX member to find value in the podcast. As with last week, this is not a scripted episode, so please give me grace on any slip-ups. This podcast is built around the principles of strategic leadership, prioritizing purpose over urgency, addressing problems, not symptoms, driving incremental progress rather than big change, and focusing on people instead of tasks. If you listen to last week's episode, you've become familiar with the four principles of leverage. Those principles are zero is greater than one, So if we tackle a problem early, that's better than tackling it later. And if we actually tackle the problem instead of a symptom, that's even better. And so zero is greater than one, when we tackle the problem, that has the effect of moving the fulcrum closer to the load, which improves leverage. Part two is A to B. If we're just trying to take one challenge and just make it a little bit better, then that's a lot easier than trying to lift the whole thing all at once. Part three is MVP, the minimally viable process or minimally viable product. Again, simple solutions are better. So rather than make something big and complicated, we take the path of the least resistance and work the smallest, easiest thing. And then fourth is M equals V divided by E motivation equals value divided by effort. If we want people to be more motivated to engage in change, we either need to increase the value for them or decrease the effort. And all of these things work together. So if we're attacking a root problem and we want just a little bit of movement, an A to B on it, and we have an MVP or a simple process, then that lowers the effort for people to help us And it increases value because, again, a tiny improvement right now or tomorrow is worth way more than some big improvement down the road. So those are the four principles of leverage. And, of course, in terms of the strategic leadership part where we focus on purpose, problems, progress and people, this really relates to progress and continually driving incremental change through applying leverage to our problems to make things better. So today, let's go into a real life example of that. Now, I've changed some of the details a little bit to make it a more um, generic school-based problem so that you can get into it no matter what your grade level is. But I'm gonna tell a story about a school through some numbers. And actually the the first one here is a a, um, formula or quotient. Sorry, math people, don't get mad at me. (laughs) So here's the first number or formula that we're gonna deal with. Four minus two equals zero. Yes, four minus two equals zero. In this case, beginning the year with four administrators, losing two of them mid-year equals Zero time. So probably assistant principals out there, you already have zero time, but imagine losing half of your administrative team and now you have less than zero time. But why? Why no time? Obviously there are all those things that need to get done. There's all the management, um, all those other responsibilities. But here's the thing in this school, 1,500 office referrals. Fifteen hundred, and this I'm recording this podcast in mid March, 2022. So we're about seven months, I guess, into the school year. Fifteen hundred school referrals, office referrals. I, I I didn't figure this out ahead of time, but you figure twenty to forty five minutes per referral in administrator time. That's why we have zero. Uh, And for the sake of simplicity, we're letting go of bus referrals. We're not even going to go there right now. Okay, so the next number is two-thirds. Two-thirds of the referrals that go to the office are actually about teacher issues, not student issues. Think about that for a minute and think about your own experiences. If you have 10 referrals that come to the office, how many of them really are about a teacher who can't manage their classroom or a teacher who's not willing to meet and work with students? Probably two thirds of them, at least. Another way to think about it is to think about the best teachers you have in your school and the number of referrals that come out of their classrooms versus the teachers that are struggling the most and the numbers that come out of those classrooms. So again, two thirds of referrals probably are teacher issues and not student issues. The next number is five. This is five teachers on one particular hallway who are not monitoring and who have very loose classroom control. So what the administrators have observed is that during class changes, teachers are not in the hallways and the teachers are not teaching bell to bell. So for the first 10 minutes of class, there are lots of kids out in the hallways. You have kids that are being tardy, but then you also have kids being released from the classrooms. At one point, there were 15% of the students on the hall were not in their classrooms. They were out wandering around. And so you can imagine all the trouble that comes from this, um, especially where bathrooms are concerned and we have students congregating in bathrooms during class periods. The next number is two, two referral junkies. Each teacher is responsible for 65 office referrals for the year, I think that's probably an average almost one a day office referrals. These are teachers that have really poor classroom procedures and they do not teach bell to bell. So what do we do to handle this massive, massive challenging problem, especially when we don't have any time? So the the first thing is I would say we don't need to create 50 minutes a day, right? We need five minutes a day. I think if you invest five minutes a day in one of these teachers, Over the course of a week, we can probably make a difference. So how do you find five minutes a day? If you're reading my my daily leadership emails this week, then you already have a few strategies, but I'm gonna give you just two, two ways to find five minutes a day in your busy, crazy schedule. Number one, spend five minutes less on email. Let's be honest, you're probably not getting all of your email done anyway, So what difference is five minutes going to make? Take that five minutes off at the front end, target a teacher and go work with them and then go back and get as much email done as you can. The other way to create five minutes is to turn off all your notifications. So if you have a a block of time that you've, blocked blocked off in order to work on your paperwork or some of the management things and planning that you have to do instead of blocking off that 30 minutes and doing your stuff and monitoring all your communications close the door turn off all your notifications tell your principal you're 20 or 30 minutes in and you've got to focus on this and you are not going to be available shut everything off and you know what's going to happen in 30 minutes you're gonna get done 45 or 50 minutes worth of work because you're not gonna have any interruptions. So totally turning everything off and just taking your 30 minutes to concentrate and focus on what you need to get done is gonna save you five minutes. So those are just two ways to get five minutes back. All right, so we've got this massive problem. We've got five teachers on a hallway not doing their job. We have two referral junkies. Oh, and I forgot to mention the number one, which is one teacher who is completely just sitting behind her desk and not teaching. Now, this particular teacher isn't actually bringing discipline problems or office referrals uh, because she's just ignoring so many behaviors and because she's not trying to get the kids to do anything, they're fine just sitting there being on their phones and talking and whatever. So we have this one teacher who's not teaching but it's not sending us office referrals. So there are lots of things to fix here, but we have five minutes to do it. And so this is where leverage comes in, where we really think about where, where something where we can get close down to a root problem, what is a very small change we can make that's very simple, that's not gonna take too much effort from us or from the teacher, but is going to lead to immediate value. Now we don't have to agree where to go, but let's just talk through a couple different ways to apply leverage to these different different places. I, I know where I would start, but it may not be the place that you would start. Okay, let's think about these five teachers on a hall. So one a couple things that we could do very quickly. One is that we meet with the teacher and teachers and we establish procedures for how kids transition from the classroom and we just call it a seat to seat transition and we have maybe three components to that one is that teachers are in the doorway monitoring their hall that they're greeting the students and that students have um, work on the board a a, um, prompt or something on the board so as soon as they get into class they can begin work we teach this to all the teachers. We have them stand in the hall. We run our procedure and we monitor that procedure. And we can do that in just a couple minutes a day. <clears throat> and actually backing up, if we're going to start A to B, the first thing we want to do is just have our teachers standing in the hallway during transition. So that would, that would actually be the simplest step, is just say, I need you guys in the hall each period, um, you know, monitoring transition. And then we just document that. So you take about two or three minutes uh, during, between second and third period, you document it. You maybe take two more minutes during fourth period, um, and then your five minutes a day is up. But you start to get a picture of whether people are conforming or not. <clears throat> if you've told people to stand in the doorway and they're not conforming, then you've got a different issue and we can go a different direction with that. But hopefully when you've told them, they're there. And because you're inspecting your expectation That's the follow through, and and then that will create that climate where at least they're monitoring what's in the halls. And then from there, we can go to the next step. So that might be um, having a prompt on the board. So making sure that when students come in, they have something to do. One of the reasons that students are tardy to class is because class doesn't start on time. Or you check into class and there's really there's nothing going on, so why hurry up to be there? So by starting work at the beginning of class, posting that, then the students have more of a reason to get to class. So now we've got teachers standing in the hall, monitoring and then greeting their students as the students go in, and we've got a prompt on the board in each class for students to start to, start to get to work. So now we've started to go bell to bell. Both of those things are really easy. And when it comes to putting a prompt on the board, um, you know, if if you have teachers that really are struggling to do just that, I think what I would do is go to some website and pull off 50 prompts of things to think about and hand that to your teacher and say, post one of these each day. and. That makes it really easy for the teacher. It doesn't matter what those prompts are because this isn't about learning. This is about management. We're just trying to get kids in the classroom, get them focused and get them started. Ideally, is this a prompt that stimulates learning and relates to this standard? Sure, but we're talking A to B MVP. We want the simplest thing possible. If you get caught up trying to get them to do good prompts, that's actually gonna get in the way of immediate implementation and immediate benefits. So just get them to put something on the board. Once they've got classrooms rolling and they've got some of the um, some of the management and processes under control, then we can talk to them about how to make those processes better. But right now, all we need to do is make sure that kids are getting in the classroom, that work's getting started, and then kids aren't being released from the classroom um, early in the class period so that we don't have all these wandering kids. Once we do that, we should be in a situation where we're seeing fewer office referrals. We haven't done a lot to impact student learning, but what we've done is started to free up some of our time. So we've worked on that hall, we've shaped it up a little bit, minimum investment by us, really minimum investment by teachers, just getting them to be more conscientious. And now we start to buy back some time. So if in the course of a day, you get one, just one less problem, one less referral from that hallway with those five teachers, that's another 20 to 45 minutes that you just got back. So now instead of having five minutes, now you have 25 minutes. Now imagine what we can do to support those teachers and support that hallway if we have 25 minutes a day that then becomes luxury so <clears throat> and see how that works and how we would apply the principles of leverage to that situation another place we could go is to our two referral junkies and again it's a similar situation that they don't teach bell to bell in fact i would challenge you to go around and look at the classrooms where you get the most referrals from and I- i'm going to bet that in most cases, 70 to 80% of those cases, those teachers do not teach bell to bell because that's when problems are happening is at the beginning of the class or at the end of class. So bell to bell is huge. So if I have these two two referral junkies, then I may choose to target them and again, begin with the beginning of classroom procedure to get them teaching bell to bell. and and that should start to free up things. <clears throat> Another thing that I could do is think about um, relationships. I know one of the APs that I was talking to in this situation mentioned that one of the teachers is, just doesn't have good relationships with students, just doesn't know how to build, build rapport. And I think we're gonna see more and more of that in the future as we get more and more people coming into the profession that are really inexperienced and haven't thought about being teachers for a long time which is where we're headed with this teacher's crisis that we're facing. So if a teacher doesn't have great relationships with students, again, we we can think about some specific strategies to help them begin to connect with students. I mean, the most obvious one is using students' names. Another one is standing at the door and greeting your students every day when they come into class we could challenge the teacher to identify the five kids that are the most challenging for them and challenge the teacher to learn something about each of those five kids. So we can't necessarily make a teacher love kids and we can't turn a teacher into a charismatic kid magnet, but we can give them very simple concrete strategies to start building some kind of relationship and some kind of rapport with their kids. So that's another way to apply the principles of leverage um, to these referral junkies. And then I just wanted to also address that, that one teacher who's sitting. its They're not office referrals, so we're not actually going to gain time on that. Um, and so again, you're free to disagree with me, but in the immediacy, I actually would not challenge that behavior. I'd not get after the teacher. I might say something, you shouldn't be sitting down, but don't go after it unless you're willing to invest the time to follow up. So I would take care of one of these others first in order to give myself the time to invest in the teacher that's sitting down. And again, I I want things to be immediately better for me, which means I get more time to invest in teachers. And tackling this teacher who's just sitting there not doing anything doesn't get me more time because right now there are no discipline referrals coming to that from that room. Again, you're free to disagree with me on that because we could look at it other ways like safety issue and, and learning issue and ethical things. But if we can only focus on one teacher at one time, I want to get some of that other low-hanging fruit. On the On a teacher who's sitting behind the desk I would say that we can really think about, again, the the easiest, simplest step. And if this teacher is not just not working, not teaching, not invested in kids, there are lots of different things we could do. But the simplest thing is to simply tell them, and this is a directive approach, you are not going to sit behind your desk. You cannot teach and sit behind your desk whenever whenever students are in a classroom we expect you to be up moving around working with students period that's it and the thing about that is it's very black and white it's very clear and it is really easy to follow up on because all you have to do is actually just walk past the room you don't even have to go in and do observations you can just walk past the room so you know when we give on a friday afternoon we say you better need to you need to think about your planning for next week because here's the thing We do not want you sitting down. You can't be an effective teacher while you're sitting behind your desk, letting your your students do things. You need to be up moving around. Boom, period. The next week when we come back, if we walk by that classroom five times a day, again, we don't have to walk in. We just have to walk by, look through the window and we'll see what that teacher is doing. If they comply, then we have improved the situation just with that simple step. And then we can figure out what the next step is. If they don't comply, then that takes us to another place and another kind of decision that we need to make. Okay. I think, oh yeah, sorry. The, the conclude, like I said, MVP version, not a lot of editing on this one in no script. So here's the big thing that comes out of this that I want you to really remember because you maybe have five minutes a day one teacher, one change, one teacher, one change. Now that can actually mean two different things. One teacher means you focus on one teacher and you have one change for that teacher. And I think that's, that's the piece of this that I would really like you to embrace. There are problems all over our schools. There are teachers that need to get better. There are opportunities for growth. But our time is so limited. There's so many things, so many tasks facing you. Just focus on one teacher and just focus on one thing for that teacher. Just make it a little bit better. And then once you've got that, then figure out where the next place is to go. One teacher, one change. But that could also mean that for each teacher in the building that anybody is working with, there should be only one change that is targeted. So this is the other thing that I've seen frequently. You go observe a teacher, I observe the same teacher, and our instructional coach observes the same teacher. But none of us have really communicated. So I go in and watch, and I leave a little post-it note that says, oh yeah, that was a great lesson, but I would really like to see more student engagement. And you go in, and you observe the lesson, And you say, you know, I noticed that you didn't, um, your transitions took a long time. So I think you should think about your transition procedures. And the instructional coach goes in and the instructional coach then gives feedback about formative assessment. So now this one teacher has been given three things to change. And it doesn't matter that we say, oh, it's an I wonder statement. You don't have to do this. I just want you to think about it. When an administrator tells a a teacher to think about something, they're probably going to focus on trying to do it. So we've got one teacher trying to focus on changing three things and none of the three of us are going to go back and follow up and provide support for that teacher. That's the reality. So really all we've done by giving well-intentioned feedback is confuse the teacher, create a frustrated teacher, and we've wasted our own time because nothing's going to change. So if we're going to give feedback consistently to teachers that we're not coaching or not actively engaged in in supporting, then we need to make sure that all of our feedback is centered around one thing. So if we talk about a teacher and we decide, okay, that teacher is doing a good job on classroom procedures, but they really need to increase student engagement. So whenever we're in that classroom, we're gonna think about student engagement and we're gonna observe for what strategies are being used with student engagement. So that now that teacher is consistently getting feedback from different people about student engagement. And so they can be much more focused on what they're trying to do. So that's the other meaning of one teacher, one change. Okay, I think that's it. I feel like this was kind of a sketchy helter-skelter episode, but again, it's minimally viable. I think you've gotten some things that that you can think about, some different examples of the ways to apply the principles of leverage, and that's a win. So in an ideal world, I would have scripted this out and polished it off, and it would be highly edited. Maybe we could even add music, but if I did that, you wouldn't get this podcast for another month. The way to get it to you right now is unpolished. And relatively unrehearsed but there's still some value maybe less value than if it was highly produced but you have that value now as you listen otherwise you'd be waiting a month and something in a month doesn't help you right now so again if you want to increase value provide help and support for people right now to make a change okay I hope that's good as we wrap up I have three questions for you, the listener. First, are there opportunities in your school to apply leverage? Second, if you have multiple opportunities, how do you choose just one? And I think that's actually the hardest piece of this whole thing. The concepts are simple, but to actually ignore 90% 90% of what you're seeing and focus on just one thing is so difficult because you care so much. Third question, can you begin tomorrow? If you're a subscriber, then you may be listening to this on Thursday night when it comes out or maybe thir- uh, Friday morning on the way to on the way into school. but think about can you begin tomorrow or maybe Monday. If there's a barrier you don't know how to overcome, consider sharing it with me and I can try and help. And if I get a collection of these, maybe I can even do an episode on just breaking down and experimenting with some ideas. So if this episode's resonated with you and you're going to try something, also consider letting me know and let me know what you're doing and how it goes. It's always nice to know that what I'm doing is actually helping real people in real schools. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe and rate the podcast. I'm always trying to improve the show. So again, if you have feedback for me, please email me at frederick at FrederickBusky.com. If you'd like more content tailored towards the needs of assistant principals, you can head over to my website at frederickbuskey.com. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the assistant principal. <laughs> I hope you'll join me next time for the assistant principal podcast. Bye.